Hello, and welcome back to the Tough Take Podcast. I'm Zach Green. And I'm Luca DeLosta. In today's episode, we will recall LeBron's return to the Drew League, go over what was an extraordinary MLB home run derby, do a little recap of the ESPYs 2022, and then close with some discrepancies over the Madden 23 ratings. Let's get right into it. All right, so let's start with the LeBron's Drew League first game. What did you notice? Returned since 2011, but it, it was, he put on a show. Like, he was doing rim-rocking dunks. He did struggle from three. I think he made, like, two for 13 from three. But, I mean, it's LeBron. He does what he does best in the paint. But how about who had the guard in Mr. Dion Wright? If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I do not know who the heck that is. So I'm, I don't have much to say about him, but considering he had a, had a guard, one of the best NBA players of all time, top three, I just don't think that was a fun experience for him. I mean, apparently he had a very good game himself, but I mean, he let's be honest, he probably has a job during the day and plays in the game at night. Gets off, what, 9-5 to five and then has to go guard LeBron James? And then we also talk about the poor guy who had to guard DeMar DeRozan. I mean, another NBA All-Star. Yeah, but DeRozan, he shows up to the Drew League yearly during the summer. So he, he's he's really why LeBron went. He and LeBron connected and brought LeBron. And Kyrie was supposed to play in the game after them, but no show. All right, let's move on to the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby. So I'm going to quickly explain what it is. So participants have three minutes to hit as many home runs as they can from a pitcher of their choice. Some of it, some of them could be their dad or like someone connected to the team or to them in a way that is sentimental to them. The pitches will be about 30 to 50 miles an hour, so pretty easy to hit. But the catch is up to two max. Any ball that goes over 440 feet as a home run, they can add an extra 30 seconds after the three minutes. So let's say they have two that go 440 feet plus. They essentially kind of have four minutes under that time. And there are three rounds, with the third being the finals. And, Luke, I'll let you explain what the tiebreaker and sudden death is. Well, firstly... You nailed it. Three minutes every round, but in the finals, I noticed there was two minutes per round. And then the person throwing the ball, the person throwing the ball is usually their BP coach because that's somebody who knows where they want the ball. And then and the tiebreaker is a hit off. Each player gets three, three balls to hit, and whoever hits the most is crowned the winner of that round. And this happened last year between Juan Soto and Shohei Otani when Juan Soto had that amazing round versus him he went three for three in the swing off and Shohei went one for three so that's just an example but let's move into the home run derby this year with the participants being Kyle Schwarber from the Phillies Albert Pujols which was his final one from the Cardinals Juan Soto from the Nationals Jose Ramirez from the Guardians Corey Seager from the Rangers Julio Rodriguez in his first appearance from the Mariners Pete Alonso who came in as a two-time defending champion from the Mets and Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Atlanta Braves. Bunch of power right there, especially Peter Alonso, who, as you said, 
won back-to-back, going for his third straight, which would be the first player to win three straight. But I believe Ken Griffey won three, just not three straight. But let's, I mean, Soto, obviously, we can talk about he won the, the Derby. But Julio Rodriguez, through two rounds, was, I believe he hit 31 and 32 home runs. 63 home runs through two rounds. That's incredible. And it was his first ever. So what should we expect from Julio Rodriguez the rest of the season? I think we should expect a lot of home runs. And if you want to look forward to the next Irma Derby, it is in Seattle. So that'll be pretty cool to watch. But one thing that I mentioned, or didn't mention, but kind of looked at as the game, Juan Soto's pitcher was not the most consistent in the final round at the most. He, after Juan Soto's break, which you can call in the middle whenever you want, he threw two ground balls. So, I mean, Juan Soto... Wasn't the best in the first rounds, but he he had to put some with some disadvantages there. And then also hitting on Juan Soto, it's kind of like the question last year is coming into the home into the All Star break, he was not batting well. He was at batting around two fifty, I believe. But after he was batting three fifty, could that be the same case we see this year, where he's batting under three hundred, closer to two fifty? But after the All Star break, he goes on a rampage and just goes crazy. You want to talk about Juan Soto? I mean, where is he going to go after this year? Exactly. Who knows where he's going to be hitting this possible 350? It will not be in a Nationals uniform, most likely. And he just turned down a 15-year, 440 million contract, which the Nationals—that was the second contract they offered after coming up from, I think, a 12-year deal. They just tried to secure him for the long run, which is respectable. But now they're looking for a trade, and most likely they will get. A lot of prospects out of Juan Soto just to build their farm system which they've already started a little but it's it's not the best farm system and let's move on to the ESPYs that was hosted by Steph Curry on this past Wednesday night and to start off he had some very funny jokes including dissing Grant Williams who is a Boston Celtics player about him being a not being able to touch his ring which was pretty funny And many stars were in attendance, a lot from the L.A. area. Aaron Donald was there, Clay Thompson, Cooper Cup, Grant Williams, Draymond Green. Sean McVay was also there, so. Well, let's get into a a few of the awards, starting with one of the most prestigious awards. The Pat Tillman Award for Service was won by Gretchen Evans, 27 years of service as a military commander general. She's also been through other things such as major brain damage due to getting hit by a car. Watching her story on this, I think it was like a 10-minute video during the award, was very inspiring. She's now working with vets from all around the world that run around and compete in all these challenges. Hiking, running, swimming, and she was very inspiring and I loved her story. Uh, moving on to a couple of the other awards the best championship performance gone to cooper cup of the los angeles rams and then we have some others with the best breakout athlete eileen gu in skiing she's so young and so talented teenager chinese american teenager skier who went absolutely berserk in the skiing world so definitely somebody on the rise best athlete in women's sports katie ledecky who's a swimmer 
you know she went to school in in Maryland. She went to Stone Ridge High School. Best athlete in men's sports: Shohei Itani from the Los Angeles Angels. The best record-breaking performance: Stephen Curry with the most three-pointers made in NBA history, which happened this past year. And the best play, we had some talk about this, was the Megan Rapinoe scores from the corner. The best comeback athlete went to Clay Thompson. The best team went to the Golden State Warriors. And how about the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance? Dick Vitale, another long, long story, but it was inspir- it was inspiring. I mean, he had cancer not once, but twice, and he survived both times legendary sports broadcaster college basketball world it's truly 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 inspirational what he has done i'm just gonna run over a few more here best nba player steph curry best mlb player shoei otani best nhl player Connor mcdavid best nfl player aaron Rodgers. best game kansas city beating buffalo in ot in the divisional round dude that game still to this day is it's it was so wild and then fi- one final one, best Olympian in women's sports, Katie Ledecky, as she won the best woman athlete. So that's that was the SPs. Now we have some sad news coming out from Texas today. It's John Michi Jr. is diagnosed with acute promo- promolactic leukemia, which is the most curable form of leukemia. And he'll most likely not play this season, which is sad for the Texans and the NFL community. But I hope he can get back to full health and play in the further seasons. And this story, it it sparks my memory of another one that happened very, very recently. It's a prospect of the Anaheim Ducks, Will Francis. Got his applause from the coaching staff, from the players, other prospects there. After beating leukemia... After fighting for 848 days, that is over two years of fighting cancer, but he beat it and he was called, and I quote, Will Francis, he is the hardest in this room. There are also some other NFL players that are still playing, well, James Conner and Eric Berry both had cancer and came back and played and Eric Berry had a pretty good career, and James Conner's doing pretty well for himself. In the NFL, a lot of promotion and a lot of awareness spread this year for the crucial catch and trying to catch cancer in the early stages. But yeah, it, it's it's terrible news to hear. But again, as you said, let's hope he heals, he recovers, and beats cancer very, very quickly. Now let's talk about a topic that strikes close to home. The Jamar Chase Madding Raiden commotion. Jamar Chase is currently the 17th ranked wide receiver, sitting at an 87 overall. And just to put that in perspective, he would be the third best wide receiver on the Vikings behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen when he's arguably better than Justin Jefferson. And personally, I think he is way better than Adam Thielen. No, I think most people in the NFL world, unbiased, even as a Ravens fan myself, would say I would take Jamar Chase any day this year over last year i would take jamar chase any day over adam thielen but to put it also into more of a perspective is a few more wide receivers put over jamar chase terry mclaurin of the washington commanders amari cooper of the cleveland browns mike evans of the tampa bay buccaneers 
Michael Thomas, who didn't even play this past year. I mean, Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Like, I personally would have Jamar Chase in my top 10. Now, let's have a conversation. Where would you put him? I'd probably put him between Mike Evans, who was 7, Keenan Allen 8, and Terry McLaurin 9. I don't think Terry McLaurin should even be top 10. I think he's a great player, but you can't really base a Madden rating off potential. You have to do it of what you see. I think they're just sympathetic for the fact that Terry McLaurin has gone through how many QBs and still put up 1,000 Seven 1, quarterbacks in three years. Yes, he's still putting great numbers, but nonetheless, I, I would definitely put Jamar Chase over him. I would put Jamar Chase, so you got Devontae Adams first with 99 overall, Cooper Cup second, 98 overall, Tyreek Hill third, 97 overall, Diop fourth, Stefan Diggs fifth, Justin Jefferson. And can we talk about DeAndre Hopkins being a 96 overall? He didn't even really play that much last season. He played a decent amount. I mean, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. But you can't put Jamar Chase at 17 and then have someone who Jamar Chase did significantly better than and have him that high. And see, that raises my question is, what are they basing this off? Is it purely off last year, or is it off their entire career as a whole? Because if it was just off their entire career as a whole, Cooper Cup, I don't think would be, he'd be like a 94, it's, 95. It, it's confusing because, yeah, Cooper Cup, 98, it, that's obviously off purely last year. But then you look at, again, D-Hop or Michael Thomas, like they didn't play most of the year, and they're higher than Jamar Chase, who had the arguably the best rookie wide receiver season ever. But can you give me a reason why that might change over the season? All right. We talked about this off air. It's, I mean, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, is the Madden rating adjuster midseason or through every week. And so you know that he's going to give some love to his Bengal brother, Jamar Chase. Let's talk about Jamar Chase a little more. This is a good topic for me. Chase finished his rookie season with, which was probably one of the best, not the best, if not the best in history. He had 1,455 receiving yards, second most by rookie all time, and that's the first in the Super Bowl era, so that's 1967. On 81 receptions, 13 touchdowns, which is the second most by rookie all time, only behind Randy Moss, who's in the Hall of Fame and arguably one of the best wide receivers all time, and 18 yards per reception, which is only behind Debo Samuel. Jamar Chase is unbelievable. I I don't want to get too far into it because it's not the NFL season yet, almost. A couple more Sundays. But Jamar Chase is absolutely a freaking monster. And another question on Jamar Chase is his speed rating. We saw that man absolutely torch defenders. Just pure speed streaks right by defenders. He's not top ten in speed either. Like I, I, I really need to know who does these Madden ratings and what their criteria is. Let's just say that will be a higher rating by the end of this upcoming season. It better be. All right, let's move on to our games of the week. I have the Battle of New York Tuesday, the Yankees at the Mets. That should be a great one. Yeah, that, sh- that should be a great one. I mean, the Yankees right now are in kind of a hole, struggling against the Orioles, who are the hottest team in the MLB, in my opinion. But my game of the week is Saturday, July 30th, Real Madrid versus Juventus. Both European soccer powerhouses playing in a summer preseason friendly. 
I'm actually going to that game. I'll be in California at that game, but definitely a game you should look out for. And that has been Zach Green, Luca Delasta. Thank you for listening.